Welcome to Maximum Role Entertainment Podcast, where we take the time to interview folks within the gaming industry. Joining us today, we have Aria, the owner and designer of Vecna's Laboratory, zooming all the way in from California. Aria makes handcrafted Dungeons and Dragons creations. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks for showing up. I mean, that's, I've been looking at all your stuff and I'm like, oh man, that's so cool. That's so cool. So my first question, obviously, I always ask everybody there, what, what's your company about? Tell, tell us about your company. Uh, so my company is pretty simple. You know, it's a little tiny little shop of, you know, just me. And, you know, I love making anything, you know, D&D. <clears throat> so, you know, I decided to throw it out there and, you know, see who else, you know, loves D&D and, you know, would enjoy my weird products. <laughs> yeah. So where'd, where'd the name come from? Like, how'd you get the name? Um, so, you know, I tend to kind of go towards more of the darker style, you know, and with Vecna being kind of, you know, like a lich, you know, yep. kind of fit the theme of the darkness, you know, and then I was like, oh, it'd be cool if, you know, he had like a little laboratory and, you know, I yeah. his little laboratory making things, you know. That's cool. Is it, so it's just you, do you have any family helping you or anybody like that? Or is it just you in the basement? Uh, away. Um, so it is me doing the work, but it's also, you know, I couldn't do it without the support of, you know, my family, you know, helping you know, watching my daughter or, you know, it's, it's kind of like a village kind of type thing to allow me the time to be doing everything sometimes interrupted, sometimes uninterrupted. So, you know, it, I mean, it's not just not fair to say it's just me, but you know, it's, it's a whole kind of family kind of deal. Yeah, no, I gotcha. That's cool. So I'm just looking at some of your stuff here. Uh, what, what's some of your products? What, what is it that uh, you enjoy making the most? Oh, so I love making uh, dice boxes, you know, the ones that kind of look like a spell book, because yeah. it's kind of cool. Be like, oh, it's a spell book. Oh, wait, but it can be used as a dice tray kind of <laughs> thing. And, you know, just anything that, you know, would be useful, you know, for D&D &D or, you know, just because I know a lot of people store their dice collection in bags and I thought it'd be cool because more of like a display kind of thing in a nice box you know because I know it's dice are of course important to people so it's kind of a different way to display your dice you know so and you know show you know your yeah. love of D&D &D at the same time. I know I got 30 years of uh, crown royal bags that I've used uh, all different stages and some people are like oh man this I've never seen that one before. I'm like, oh yeah, that came out in like the early nineties, you know? <laughs> yeah. You have like your phases of dice. You're like, oh, my goth phase of dice or my shiny phase of dice, you know? And, and people make so awesome dice sets now. It's like, oh my God, I need all of them. Yeah. Like I, I'm in the metal dice right now, uh, but I have hundreds. I got them all over the place. And luckily my wife has entrapped me into one tiny room where I, I used to have a bigger <laughs> room, but then my daughter, it was getting bigger so she took over the office and now i'm in her room as my new office and you know i'm thinking that she's if if i just keep pushing him smaller and smaller he'll get rid of some of that D, &D crap but haha -ha. you're like no nope <laughs> i'm just gonna get more dice um as a matter of fact i have a uh one of my new players she's a dice maker so she's like oh we need to make some dice for the company or we need to do some giveaways so i was like yes it's like my dream um you know, and it's just like, 
hey, is there a possibility of getting this certain type of dice? You know, having that in inside. She doesn't do metal dice though, because obviously it's she doesn't have a forge or anything. She's just in her garage, yeah. you know, mixing up all the chemicals and everything. And she said it's a. Uh, It's pretty hectic. It's like uh, an episode of Breaking Bad in there sometimes, like the respirator mask on and all that. Oh, yeah, especially working with resin. Resin is so touchy, but yeah. once you get it down, you're like, this stuff is amazing. I can do whatever I want with this. Yeah, so so uh, I'm seeing a lot of woodwork. Do you, do you like, mm -hmm. build it from scratch, basically, or do you have, like, you go to yard sales and pick up, like, old jewelry boxes and stuff? Um, what kind of started as, you know, like I found a few boxes, you know, but then I was like, oh, wait, I can kind of make this myself. So, you know, I do, you know, have help, you know, whether it's my husband or my dad helping me make the boxes. And, um, you know, some turn out better than others. <laughs> but, you know, the thing I love about wood is that, you know, everything can be fixable with either sanding or, you know, paint yep. and all that. So, you know, <laughs> covers a lot of sins, you know. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I made a cutting board and wood shop in the nineties. I, I think I could, no, I probably screwed up. I'll find a way to like destroy it or cut off a finger or something. I mean, it can be very intimidating with like the machinery at first, you know, and so, when you get a hold of it, you're like, okay, I can make this and this and this. <laughs> so what kind of machines do you have? Do you have just like the bandsaw or do you have like hand saws or do you have like a good setup? Um, right now I kind of am pretty basic with just like, you know, like a miter saw and like a hand saw. Um, but, um, I love working with, uh, like a Dremel set because you yeah. could do so many things with the Dremel and it, you know, it's, it's pretty incredible what you can do with that. So I'm pretty simple and, you know, eventually I want to work my way up to, you know, bigger things, but you know, for right now, pretty simple in my garage, what my husband allows in the garage, you know, <laughs> you think it'd be the other way around. That... <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean at first he bought the tools for himself but now you know i kind of took over and i'm like oh this is my drill now <laughs> like, now i have two sets of everything get your own stuff no that's cool i uh that's awesome uh what's the average turnaround for something that you make like if they wanted like a a dice box like a um, pretty good size i would one. say it takes about a good week of, you know, like assembling the box, you know, fixing all the perfections and painting and all that and the glass work. About like a week if, you know, it, it's just like a couple orders. If it's a lot, but I'm like, oh my gosh, then you know, I gotta go to my mom's and have her watch my daughter while I, you know, prank them out. But yeah, about a week per box. That's not bad. Yeah, I'm looking at some of these with like with the, the hands coming out of them and stuff like a portal. That's pretty cool. Um, the, the glass tops, you know, that's pretty pretty neat thank you i uh, i love weird stuff <laughs> do, do you do the glass work too do you do any of the stainless glass or anything like that so i already have like the glass already made and then um i have like a kind of a cricket cutting machine that does uh the layout on top and i kind of etch that image on top of it so it, you know it, it's a pretty simple process but you know definitely having the cutting machine make those precise cuts definitely helps a lot and allows me to make whatever design I want on it. All right, cool. So besides, uh, I noticed that you got some books in there. Do you get like specific type of paper? Do you do like customize? Like if they want a certain like parchment, like a lot of my stuff, I like having that old, 
uh, parchment look to my maps and like stuff that if I send it out to the players, you know, that it's rolled up and all that kind of stuff? Or do you have like a standard, just regular paper inside? Um, it starts as regular paper, but then, you know, like you find all sorts of techniques to kind of age it and everything. And it's like part of the fun is, you know, like seeing experimenting where they're like coffee dyes or tea dyes, and, oh, yeah. you know, burning. It, you know, it's kind of experience trying to start out with a fresh paper and see what you get with at the end. Yeah. No, that's cool. Uh, that's, a, that's pretty fancy getting a, getting like inks and dyes and, you know, you put a lot of a lot of extra work in this. I mean, it looks amazing. What's the uh, what's the average cost for like a, a dice box or a a book? I'm assuming a book cover or is it the whole thing? Um, it's like a hollowed out kind of like book. Yeah. Um, so it looks like that kind of looks like a book on the outside when you open up, just you know, like a hollowed out book for your dice. And um, you know, usually because there's a lot of elements that go into each one. Um, you know, but I try to keep it, you know, as like cost effective as possible. Cause you know, I believe in everyone should have, have access to, you know, D and D cool stuff, you know, not just, you know, fancy rich people, but everyday people, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. so I'm going to try to price as best I can, um, considering like, you know, the time and materials put in, but the box is usually around $60. That's um, good. and then, you know, I include like shipping to the States, but if it's like, international it's like expensive to ship it so you know i have them chip in for shipping that, that's why you uh you, you find a military friend over there and you have them send it to apo to apo and it's free oh! yeah you just gotta find you gotta find a military friend to mail it to another apo and then you don't have to pay anything that's a good idea yeah definitely look into that smart yeah it's uh you know, shipping is always a pain. Like when I ship, you know, like shirts or uh, merch that I have for my company, uh, I get the, uh, what's it, express bag that you can fit 70 pounds in, but realistically you'll never mm -hmm. get 70 pounds in there. And it's like 840 <laughs> to, uh, to ship it. So, and it ships anywhere in the States. I don't know if the turnaround back this way would be the same, but um I that's you know I always eat I always eat shipping because I don't yeah it's just not cost effective for me to be like yeah the shirt's twenty bucks but you need to pay twenty eight forty because you know eight dollars in shipping I'd rather do that for them and then you know I do a lot of wood stuff here where I don't I don't do it I go to Germany's really big into wood burning and stuff like that so there's some places I go to and they etch like castles and stuff and then they'll put your name or whatever you want on it free etching burning Jeez. I, I, sent, I sent some of those i sent one to uh someone for christmas uh, i was on a santa's uh secret santa thing for uh north foundry and i was like i'll send them this and i got a bunch of dice i was like yes more dice my wife's like <laughs> how many sets of dice did you get for christmas i'm like i don't know i have nine and you know <laughs> still want more um oh yeah you you can't stop because you're like oh i don't but like, yeah but it, you explain it to people you're like yeah it is the same color but it's different this way and you're like <laughs> oh okay and you're like yeah. you don't know i need this <laughs> yeah about six sets of metal and eight sets of you know glitter dice and different colors and some of them i i ship out as you know consolation prizes or 
answer yeah. a question on on the website kind of thing like you know first person to make a response gets a you know a set of dice or whatever but i i see you got some pins uh and some other little like merch that you like hang on to your i guess it's like a it looks like a seatbelt or um it's just like a like a lanyard kind of thing but you know because yeah. like when you're trying to make content i'm really new to making content and you know you try to like <laughs> find things that you have in the house yeah you know to to make the best content you can and yeah i definitely um i definitely love the pins because you could put them on anything you know and i i love pins and you know it it kind of made it kind of more universal with like potion pins because a lot of different things use potions you know a lot of different fandoms use potions and stuff so yeah. i mean i just thought that little bottle was like the coolest thing and i'm like oh my god what if i made this a uh, pin that you could wear and it's like a 3d kind of thing and it's cool and you know yeah, like in the middle cool. of the night all these things come into my head and then you know i'm like oh my god that'd be so cool and then yeah, you know making a light, different story start writing <laughs> stuff down your husband's like oh my god what's happening uh does he <laughs> does he play does he play D D or anything like that or is it just you? oh yeah um we definitely he actually introduced it to me um and uh he is the dm to our group and um because i i can never dm i have too much anxiety and too many unpredictable <laughs> things to be a dm but no uh we definitely we can't like things in a normal way we have to go like full in on things yeah so, yeah hey, uh, i mean cause it, we started playing about three years ago and uh with our friends and then we started um finding some really cool um uh like comic shops that have D, D stuff you know like warhammer stuff and the books and everything and uh we're there pretty much like every other day and um they told us that oh we have uh D, D groups either one shots or campaigns you know that anyone can join and um so we started you know going on date nights over there to play and um yeah it's, i mean it's definitely a a huge part of our life and you know but he has to you know work and do adult things where i get to do the fun things of you know right, making all right. the cool stuff yeah yeah but i mean making the little cool things and trinkets for your games i'm sure that's you know really neat for the the party that's there and um, that you have around your table do they all have one of your boxes for their dice or do you make them uh purchase those well, so I want to make them for them, but my husband's like, no, what are you doing? Like, no, your friends, like, they're supposed to support you. And you're like, okay, you feel guilty making them buy it. But, you know, it's, they're supporting you and, you know, what you do. But I love making all such a weird stuff. But it's hard because I haven't seen them, you know, in person in such a long time, you know. Oh, yeah. So when they come back, I'm like, oh, so this cool stuff for you. You know, yeah. so. a little party pack, like, welcome to the game. By the way, you might die today because that's. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, it's all about like the experience of the game, you know, and you try to add things, you know, like music or props or anything that would add to that experience to make it more fun, you know, and that's what I love doing is making the whole entire experience. Yeah, I think that's I've fallen down that trap uh, for my podcast. Now I put ambient music, door shutting, combat. Um, I think I had 160 sound bites in the last episode that I put out. And then this one, I'm they're fighting Krampus. I'm still putting out Christmas specials, but <laughs> I have a, a voice actor. He does the voice of Krampus. I'm writing a script for the DM. I let my player DM uh, holidays. 
or you know, I let them all rotate through to do like holidays and special events. And yeah. uh, she did the lines for Krampus, and then I was like, I'm gonna make them really cool. And I'll send the script off to a guy that played Krampus for our story cast of the Christmas special. And so it'll have this like wicked, gnarly voice guy playing the voice of That's Krampus. so awesome. Yeah. So like taking those extra sound effects, like I don't do my own uh, NPCs mostly, so I'll have someone else do it. Um, yep, my wife plays the voice of uh, our barbarian. He to go in rage has to read a rejection letter from uh from from a college my, my game everybody's brought <laughs> in from the normal world into the D, &D world so I, yeah. she just read a rejection letter and i put it in there he hasn't heard it yet so <laughs> they're gonna be like whoa what the hell uh because that wasn't Too real yeah um but that's how i i like to spice up the game you know like you were saying you had to have you want to put some stuff in there and have some objects make it cool but being that we're digital currently you know that's my way of doing a digital uh adding those extra features in and stuff like that i can only yeah, imagine I... what the props look like at your guys's house oh i know because you know it started with the minis you know and then you're uh. like ooh, like i could do this and and um because our group really likes a lot of puzzles and so we started to include like physical puzzles on top of like the riddles and stuff. So, you know, <laughs> we like to do like weirdly extreme things to kind of like get more into it. Cause that's just like, we enjoy more of like the puzzle kind of aspect of it. Um, so, you know, it's anything that we can make it harder for everyone. It's just like, you know, the more, I don't know, our group enjoys the difficulty of it. Yeah. So, you know, listen to that. I wish I could put like puzzles like that in a podcast. That's a hard part with podcasts. You, you're kind of limited because you can't sit there and have them do a puzzle because no one's actually watching them do it. And to right. verbalize, you know, you sit there and write like a three page description or the riddle or, the, you know, whatever. And then everybody's like trying to like remember everything and they're like, wait, go back. And uh, I, I, we tried that once and I was like, nope, nope, we're just going <laughs> to too much time. We're like, that would be fun to be at the table and um, have like a puzzle. Like you only have three minutes to put this together before, you know, this you get pushed off the ledge or something like that. And they're sitting there like trying to hurry up, you know, actually doing <laughs> a puzzle <laughs> and uh, stuff like that. That's cool, you know. And I'm I'm looking. You have like the little um, what are they called? The little uh, uh, jello, not jello, but the, um, the oh gelatinous cubes. Yeah, the cubes. God, I love those cubes. So they're so cool. Do you make, is that like for the table or is that an actual like holder or something like that? Um, So it's like an actual like coaster for the table. Um, okay, it's made cool. out of resin and um, I put like whatever trinkets can like be immersed in it. And, uh, you know, because I, I looked at the square mold and I'm like, you know what I could do with this? I can make this a gelatinous cube. And, you know, and, and after experimenting with it and everything, you get, you know, kind of result and you can put whatever you kind of want on it, you know. And I mean, I think they're pretty cool. And I like have them everywhere in my house of all the experiments I've had on them, you know, so they're just like everywhere. But yeah, oh. it's definitely one of my favorite things to make is those coasters. I want to send you a bunch of googly eyes. <laughs> I, I <laughs> well, covered... I got bored and I uh, I was waiting for an interview the other day and it was super late and I was just downstairs and um, 
I just started gluing googly eyes on the Roomba. And so in the morning, my wife's like, uh, something happened to the Roomba because it's like, you know, it's going around the house, but you can see the little eyes are like moving around. I'm like, see, perfect. And, no, it's whatever makes you happy right now. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, and I'm sure our spouses have learned to, you know, embrace our weirdness and they're kind of used to it by now. Oh, not <laughs> so my they're wife. like, okay. I play Dungeons and Dragons or anything like that. She accidentally got me listening to a podcast in 2015, a D&D &D one. I listened to podcasts for a while, but then she's like, hey, there's this D&D &D podcast. I'm like, what? There's a D&D &D <laughs> podcast? And then now I now I run a D&D &D network. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And she's like, you went a little too far. And like, it's your fault. You're the one that got me on D&D <laughs> podcast. Now I have like 30 podcasts that I listen to uh, constantly. D&D. Uh, &D. And then when I interview people, I listen to their stuff too, because It'd be rude of me not to take the time to listen to a few other episodes in Twitch streams and YouTubes and and stuff like that. Well, because you get like entrenched in it because, you know, for myself being fairly new to it, I learned so much, you know, and like what other people bring to the table or what they do or different. Even I've only played uh, fifth edition. So, you know, oh, to yeah. learn about all these other editions and everything, you know, it just you just learn so much from it. And you're like, wow. And you get in this like tunnel of like, OK, I need to know more about this, you know. Yeah. I started with first, first and second edition, and that's a whole different world. And then leading through, I think from second edition to fifth, in between, was I just didn't feel like they really brought the system to what it needed to be uh, mm -hmm. until fifth. And now fifth is more, um, you know, anybody and everybody can play. You know, your families can do. You can do family campaigns. Uh, the content is actually a majority of the source books are written by people within, you know, the community, not, you know, Wizards of the Coast or any of those other companies. Right. Where the old editions, they didn't really have that source book feature that people outside of the major companies produce the, uh, or publish the, the source books. Now anybody can, as long as they Right, and now the like the digital aspect of it makes it, you know, like even, easier because you know i can't do math so you know with like dmd beyond and you know all sorts of those like websites and services and stuff just makes things so much easier and especially easy to include you know like you know other family members who aren't familiar with it or you know my nephew he's starting to get into it which i'm so excited for you know so trying to introduce him into it you know and see how that goes my poor sister but oh, <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know feed the addiction <laughs> I mean, it's fun. One one of my players, he's a. Uh, um, I interviewed him actually before he joined the the network or the podcast. He uh, he DM. He's a professional DM, and he DMs uh, families. So I, they pay him like ten. Yeah, I think it's like ten bucks an hour, uh, and he'll run a game for the whole family, and he'll he'll wow. configure it to be for a kid friendly uh, setup and stuff. So oh yeah, because it could definitely get to weird places. <laughs> Yeah. You know, so you have to you have to kind of tailor it to your audience. Yeah, and then you look over it like uh my friend, oh I, I think it was like 10, 15 years ago, uh I got my friend started to play and his wife is like, oh, I'll give it a shot. And I think she did way better than he did. But there's like some stuff that she was doing where we were just both looking at her like, what? <laughs> you gotta do what? And he's like, Who are you? <laughs> and she's like, I could do whatever I want. I'm in a fantasy world. I'm like Right, exactly. Like it's 
it's like what you make it and plus two when you have like a group of people that you kind of like are really welcoming and encourage you to kind of role play it just you just get sucked into it and you know it's it's really cathartic in a way you know to play and you know to be like whatever you want to do and and um I play with a bunch of you know like engineers and you know oh. they're, they're super logical and I'm like have you tried stabbing it <laughs> <laughs> like what so planet it all their out. own personality to it <laughs> oh that's always fun to have that aspect of having engineers my favorites uh, i think someone was telling me i can't remember they, it was all doctors like oh wow <laughs> uh, and i was like oh okay that's that's gonna be rough and he's like well yeah they just wanted to um they didn't want to do a doctor themed you know game but they wanted yeah you know, de deconstruct stuff like at, at that level and i'm like oh okay cool <laughs> it's gonna be hard for you because you're not a doctor and he's like <laughs> yeah um <laughs> to to do that but yeah D, D you can pretty much do anything um matter of fact we last night my group was talking about how they wanted to do a uh a series of one shots or of a uh like mini episodes of we're all playing toddlers um <laughs> traversing the D, D world as like yeah of three-year-olds um, and I was like, cool, I can build something around that. That's awesome. We'll have someone else DM it because I want to play in it. And yeah, because uh, like, you know, you homebrew, you play long enough. And this is uh, now it's my 31st year playing D&D. &D, and homebrewing is something I started doing in the mid 90s because I'm like, ah, these books, I, I like following them. And they, I like the modules and I like doing that. But I, I need to create my own world. And right. you know, since then, now I you know, I'm like, why don't we just be regular people getting thrown in, into the D&D &D world and trying to traver traverse uh, the world that way? Still pick your class. Everybody's a human, though. Um, and it's a mixture of modern and D&D &D and futuristic and the past. And it's kind of a mixture. Yeah, I mean, and, and definitely, and you could always add in, you know, like different fandoms that your group likes. Like, you know, we like, you know, like, anything from introducing you know any like lord of the rings aspect or monty python aspect or even like goblin slayer aspect you know like yeah. different kind of things kind of tailored to your group kind of makes it more you know the homebrew like so awesome you know so what, what's some of the homebrew stuff that you guys do um so we're pretty i mean i can pretty much do whatever i want you know because my husband's the dm you know <laughs> so like <laughs> oh you got the end i got you i got you <laughs> Yeah, so you know it's you know not fair but whatever <laughs> but um yeah we kind of mostly do um yeah we go into kind of like yeah like i said like kind of loosely based themes like kind of like other fandom kind of type things and then or you know i love i'm a history buff so you know like my husband will include a lot of like history you know like a lot of like the little latin that i remember you know and a lot of kind of just a mixture of like the eclecticness of our group kind of thing. It's kind of a weird mixture, but yeah, definitely loosely based on the rules. And, you know, I definitely get a lot away with a lot more stuff than I should. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you could just be like, hmm, well, if you don't, then, you know, <laughs> yeah, the, couch, like, hmm, okay. the couch is over there. And, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, that's one thing I'm glad my wife doesn't play because I'm pretty, I'm pretty brutal sometimes. And so, 
uh, I could imagine that I just get the eye roll or, or like the glare and I'm like, ah, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, what do you want? Uh, oh yeah, you, you succeeded, you're, you're good, you're good. Um, <laughs> yeah, or it's like the opposite, or it's like if someone, you know, like hurts me or go against me, he's like, you want him dead? I'll kill him for you. <laughs> I'll make it happen. Let's chill. He's only got two hit points, all right? You're good. Everybody's yeah. struggling to survive. Oh, it's so funny, like, also, when you have so many new character ideas you want to try out, you know, and you keep, like, in your situation where you die all the time, and then people keep reviving you, and you're like, no, I just want to try my new character out. Like, let me die. Yeah, yeah and, you know, I'm, I've said, said it in a lot of interviews, so I try not to bring it up too much, but in my game, they don't just uh, die and make a new character. They respawn like a video game inside of like a oh, respawn, yeah. respawn point. So they basically, we once they re, they save themselves, I take a copy of their character sheet from D&D Beyond. And I'm like, okay, so if you die from this point to the next station, you lose everything you picked up along the way. And this is what you start off as. Uh, kind of like oh. a border, Borderlands style. So I, everybody has the ability to, to, you know respawn but like you lose everything if you don't save and yeah no that's uh, a really good idea yeah and well and we added the call of cthulhu system where they take sanity damage so every time they die oh, yeah. they'll take they all start with 100 percent sane but then they'll lose progressively so they don't live forever they eventually, right. they'll become feral and you know <laughs> everybody else to fight them or something and which they won't be able to die and right. you know full circle yeah <laughs> But, you know, everybody's going to be making new characters. Do you guys have multiple characters in, in your campaign? Like, some days you want to do this one, some days you want to do that one? Um, I mean, they're all pretty set on their characters. I'm kind of the only, like, crazy one. I, I'm naturally chaotic, like, you know, in my life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I really want to kind of, like, kind of want to try new things. or Because we don't do a lot of one-shots. We, you know, continue with the campaign. And, right. you know, they're all pretty consistent when I'm, like, the crazy one of, like, okay, now I want to try something else. And they're like, okay, <laughs> fine. fine <laughs> Just humor that. her. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 one thing I like about, you know, D&D or 5th edition is that you can play as monsters. Like, we did a one right. shot where everybody was a turkey for Thanksgiving. <laughs> I remember we released, released it on Thanksgiving, and everybody played a turkey trying to survive uh the barn or try to survive the the farm and yeah. uh you know at the end those two got chosen to be uh you know pardoned by the president kind of thing <laughs> everybody else was murdered but you know that's but again, awesome oh yeah turkeys is fun you'd be surprised what people come up with because there's not much combat they can, <laughs> they can so many puns i know they endless could, they can uh, they can peck people and claw people. That was pretty much it. And uh, so it's funny to listen to people try to traverse like horrible scenarios where they get thrown into like a blender or something like that, or uh, de-plucker or something like that. And everybody's like, oh, I, gotta, yeah. I gotta survive, I gotta survive, I gotta survive. Uh, knowing that it's a one shot and they, they don't really have to, but they had so much fun with it. Oh um, yeah. I think someone recommended to do like goblins with like missing one arm. And everybody just plays with one arm, you know, and they have to collectively work together to do stuff because they only have left arms or right arms or 
you know? and that's what I love about it. It's like, it is what you put into it when you make it, you know, and it's like, it could go so many places with your group that you didn't think it would even go to, but you right. know, that's, it's awesome when you find the right group of people that, you know, allow you to just like run wild with things. And it's, it's so much fun. So, so how many other groups have you been in or is this your only group that you've kind of rolled with? Um, so that's like kind of like my main group. You know, we've played, you know, for the last couple of years, but you know, my husband and I tend to move around a lot. Um, and we did find a new group, you know, where we are here now. Um, but you know, then COVID hit and we had to, you know, stop that. But it, the funniest thing is when you, you know, introduce it to new people and they'll be like, I don't know, that kind of sounds kind of weird or, you know, kind of nerdy. And then they play and they get into it and you're like, yes, it's like the funniest thing to me. Like, <laughs> see, that's the thing. You can have people over for like wine and, you know, charcuterie boards. And then when they sit down around the, like the coffee table, you guys just kind of disappear and you have, you have some of your books laying out with, they look normal. And as soon as they open it, it's like dice. And then they're like, Oh, what the hell is all this about? And then you just kind of throw a player's handbook in the middle of the room while you're still not in there. And then, you know, see if people <laughs> pick it up. And if people pick it up, then you're like, well, now that we're going to be playing D and D tonight, you know, that's it. That's how you get them. Yeah. You, know, you pull out the dice that were Velcroed underneath the table. You're yeah. Like, oh, like, well, now that you asked, let me grab this bag down here. What the hell? Everybody check under your chairs. You get dice, you get dice. I could see it. That could you didn't work. bring your own. Don't worry. I have 12 more sets for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing about uh, our new player. I'm like, God, if we ever get to, well, I live in Europe and she's in the States. Most of my players are on different sides of the US. And I got one in Norway and, and the rest are in Canada. And then I'm over here and there's another one over here with me. Uh, if we ever get a chance to be in one room together, it'll cost thousands of dollars to make that happen. But, but worth it. Yeah, yeah. We'd make little bundle packs for everybody and be like, here's some dice, here's some books, and let's play. And then I would be that guy to be like, I'm recording all of this, by the way. We're going to do a recorded <laughs> game. And I'm sure they get tired of like, because when you record, you kind of have to be a little bit more cautious of what you say and do. And editing works too. But yeah, when you get into a good D&D game, you don't really think about all that stuff. And then next thing you know, right, you just get entrenched in it. Yeah. And it's, it's hard recording because you don't want to give people the full crazy. You know, you got to slowly, <laughs> slowly yeah. give them the crazy. I had one episode where a guy, one of the players was like, what, was I in that episode? I'm like, eh, I mean... <laughs> a bunch of dumb stuff so <laughs> i had to i had to cut you out of a lot of it and he's like well, i'm not even in it i'm like well uh, you said a lot of dumb stuff um <laughs> you bad you know yeah or we had one player she did one episode and that was it and i i didn't hear anything back from her i'm like oh man i published that so now people are like where's where's the ranger at oh she's always two towns behind everybody because one day she might come back. You never know. I mean, she could. Right. And because you get invested, like, especially, you know, because my husband got me into watching Critical Role. It's just oh, like, yeah. you know, you get so invested in the stories and you're like, hold up, what about this? You know, and it, there's just so many things that, you know, it's so mainstream now. It's just like so many things out there. And you're just like, yeah. wow, this is amazing that everyone kind of shares this weird love of D&D. And, you know, it's, it's a pretty amazing community and it's one of the most supportive communities I've ever been a part, a part of. Yeah. And the one crazy thing is, you know, when you record, you, you, then when you go back to listen, you're like, 
oh man, we got that item so long ago and everybody's forget forgotten about items that they've gotten along the way. And, and you know, the DM always has their notes and if they didn't write it down, it's like, oh, okay, what about that? You know, and now on the podcast, people can be like, oh yeah, someone said I had this. I totally forgot about that. And I was like, damn it. You know, nah, we have- No. <laughs> I don't like, someone told you that? We have a listener? Oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> You know, it's, it's, you know, one of those exciting things. Well, it's uh, exciting because when you, when you do something and then you put it out there like, oh, you know, if someone likes it, they likes it, you know, and then when someone does like it or, you know, they're into it, you're like, oh my, it's, it's so personal to you, you know, and when some people appreciate it and actually like it, you're like, oh my God, it's like so amazing. And it's like, well, for me, it's just like when people like buy my stuff, I'm like, oh my God, they, they actually like it. You yeah, know, yeah. Stuff. And, you know, it just like it makes your day, you yeah, know, exactly. to, to share this, genuinely share this with people. Yeah. And I, I we've had two, like, uh, whatever the emoji, angry emoji face. And I'm like, who are these people? What? I don't understand. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I'm not a social media, pro, well, I am now, but I mean, before I wasn't into social media and getting in to do all that, but it really stuck to me. And I'm like, someone hated our website it was just a logo of our game it was our first post and like two people had put hate emoji on it and i was like i trolled their thing and i'm like who are you you know i didn't think i'd get that obsessed with it i'm like oh my god i gotta step back it's like if more people do it i'm just gonna be stuck on those people that are negative but there's so many supporting people within our Oh, yeah, our, definitely. Our like, it, I mean, you're always going to get those people who are like, wow, blah, 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 you know, but, you know, but there's so much more people encouraging you and supporting you. And yeah. it's such a, a great safe space for everyone that, exactly. you know, I, I was like, really, I was expecting the worst. But, you know, when you get the best of people, you're like, oh, my God, not expecting this at all, you know? Yeah, you know, it, it's really nice, you know, having that support. Definitely. So what is your favorite class and your favorite race to play um my favorite class would have to be rogue okay yeah yeah <laughs> backstabbers. Me. Uh-huh. yeah <laughs> just the chaoticness of it you know and um i like to play a lot of elves especially like drow elves or you know dark elves because I like, you know, the mysteriousness of it. Right. Um, but yeah, I t- tend to play a lot of rogues. I tried bard. I'm not creative enough to, you know, like make things up, insults on the fly, you know, and, and, uh, but, you know, definitely rogue is kind of like my jam. Yeah. Rogues have been around, obviously they've been around since first edition and everything. And I think I was looking back at my books because I always tell everybody bard started in second edition, but I'm pretty sure they had a bard in first, but the bard has grown from first edition to fifth and they're now one of like the most prestige class to be because of the amount of abilities they have uh where like before it was so hard with the bard no one wanted to play because like uh a stupid instrument spells are sucky now they're awesome uh and then for like a podcast i try to put music in behind our bard now i have two bards and i'm like god what instrument do you have because like i'll have to go find it and uh my bard ran the she's running the christmas special i'm editing we're done with christmas but i'm still editing and she's like okay so you hear this in the hallway and i'm like oh god now i gotta find a tambourine and then you hear a lute and i'm like what a lute 
and then she's like, "Oh, you hear some drums, and everything's a little offbeat because they're el or they're uh, goblins playing the instruments." And I'm sitting here trying to cut these instruments in and make them sound all goofy, and then make one instrument sound like amazing. I'm like, ah, "Fucking bards!" But <laughs> but I love doing it. You know, I love the bard. They're they're pretty. Yeah, cool. I mean, sometimes they're super essential. They're like that wild card, yeah, you know, yeah. that you need. You know, but Definitely. yeah. Definitely, you have to be like a you know really creative person to be a bard. <laughs> yeah, I always wanted you know a musician to be like I'm gonna play a bard. Cool. What instrument do you are you gonna bring? Your guitar? Okay, you have to play your guitar every time you do a spell, and I want to hear it. You know, that's how I am though. But that that's the cool part. We're like a rogue. Yeah, it's about the experience. You know, anything that you know extra things you can put into it makes it more fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some other classes out there that it's hard to do and like i've tried to do that in my world where the barbarian has to read something that makes him go in rage or get slapped or something that makes him go in, down that path and you know a fighter they're just pretty you know they're just always angry <laughs> yeah. but, but uh here's the one big question i usually ask everybody and you can pick because uh, i keep forgetting to say that first you can pick any person living or dead in history you can pick one book of any edition uh and any player's handbook so you get two books you get any book of the system plus a player's handbook and they could be mixed editions and then who's that one person you'd play with for i don't know say 24 hours oh man <laughs> um i'd probably you know bring like the fifth edition because you know that's it's pretty like everything you ever want in it yeah. and um i would bring probably um the monster manual so i could annoy the shit out of my husband that i dragged along uh, <laughs> with my hypotheticals about monsters i feel like you've listened to episodes the monster manual is my favorite book to always bring because i create my own world so i i just need the monsters from the book uh yeah, it, I, I think that's all you really need anyway. Player handbook and a monster manual, that's it. You're good. You're solid. I know, right? You just go from there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and you don't have to say your husband. You can pick anybody in history. I mean, it doesn't have to be, unless you really, really want to have him. But, like, we've had Gary Gygax. We've had, um, uh, I think, Elvis. No, no, we haven't had Elvis yet. We've had a lot of, like, oddballs out there. I think I did Nicolas Cage once. Will we? We've had, we've had quite a few out there. Yeah, I mean, if I would chop to Ireland, you know, I'm dragging his ass with me. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, you know, if I was going to be on Ireland, I mean, I guess it'd be with him, you know, because you know he, you know, help in a lot of ways. But you know, and plus too, I'm sure he listened. He's like, well, why didn't you pick me to be on Ireland with you? You know. I know one of my one of the interviews he picked his uh, sister-in-law. I keep saying he's he's now part of the podcast, but. Uh, I just so, so funny. He's like, yeah, I took my sister-in-law and then this book and this guy. So I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You wouldn't take your wife? He's like, I mean, <laughs> she's a lot more fun. And I was like, oh, all right. Well, I mean. Like, you know, oh, risky move. Okay. I'm like, oh, maybe his wife doesn't play D&D. &D. You know, I didn't think about that. I mean, that could be a, a contributing factor. Uh, I always pick a person in history. I never go with anybody like, I love my wife, but. She doesn't play D&D, so it'd be really a one-sided game. <laughs> right? She's like, enough about the monsters. I get yeah. it. 
Oh, I, I think I picked the, the last one I did was Sean Connery from 1964. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think I would do uh, Chris Farley this time around, and I'll let him do <laughs> him. Just because that'd definitely be entertaining. <laughs> that would, that would. But he'd have to play it as Tommy Boy. Um, yeah. <laughs> because he might not be like he is in some of those shows. He could just be, you know, he could have been just like a straight edge kind of guy. And be like, wait, I, th I thought you're like Tommy Boy. And, you know, some actors like, play their characters very well. And so. He's yeah. like, please, I'm tired of playing it. And you're like, I said Tommy Boy. <laughs> <laughs> do something stupid. <laughs> Drink the salt water. Um, so, uh, yeah, so. You know, it, your work sounds pretty amazing, and you know we'll we'll add all your your links and everything in the show notes. Is there anything you want to shout out to anybody about uh, your you know where they can find you? Um yeah, so right now I'm just on Etsy. Um, you know, just Vecna's Laboratory. It's pretty simple. Um, I just started my Instagram. I'm learning how to do that. Um, you know, so kind of opening up to social media, it's all very new to me, but yeah, either Instagram or, you know, Etsy and yeah, and hopefully check it out and see what you guys like. And, you know, hopefully you could share the love of D and D with everyone. Right on. And they can send you an email, I believe, right. That's, or message you directly on Instagram. Right, right. And I also like love doing weird custom things as well. So, you know, okay. just message me and, you know, see like how a, it goes. Like a bunch of googly eyes. I mean, that really <laughs> yeah, just stuck on that. I don't know I'm why. Done. I don't know why I have this obsession with googly eyes. I put them on everything. Uh, my wife's a teacher and she teaches at an elementary school. And I'm like, bring home some googly eyes. And she's like, oh my God, you're such a nerd. <laughs> uh, I put them everywhere. Because, you know, it right. makes you giggle every time you watch the move, no matter what. Uh, your mood could be anything. Right. Open the refrigerator and there's a bunch of googly eyes bouncing around. You know, you put a smile on your face. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Doesn't matter how mad you are, you're going to giggle at, you know, a bunch of googly eyes bouncing around. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us on Maximum Roll Entertainment. And anytime you come out with a new set of products or anything, we'll have you back on. You can... You know, once you get more uh, like websites and, and all those other social media things, we'll bring you back and you can uh, tell us more about some of your products. Awesome. Sounds great. Thank you again for having me. Oh, yeah. Take care. You too. Join us each week as we interview other folks within our industry. If you would like to be on the show, go ahead and email us at MaximumRollEntertainment at gmail.com or message us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Links are in the show notes along with our guests that we had on today. All of their social medias are linked in the show notes as well. And check them out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you download your podcast. We also have some other shows joining us on the network coming up. Shows like Crumpets and Kerosene, Late Night with Jess and Jam, Dungeons, Dragons, and Dice, Constructed Chaos, and Adventures Roundtable. So stay tuned and learn more about those shows in the coming months. Thanks for listening. Have a great and wonderful day. Mm -hmm.